Welcome back to the Songus Center here in Lowell, Massachusetts at the end of two periods. Game one, hockey's first round series between Merrimack and UMass Lowell and the Riverhawks. Lead the Warriors one to nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you as it always is by Merrimack Grad School. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Ryan Lambert joins us here from Yahoo Sports. And Ryan, that first period, especially the middle of the period, is so all of a sudden it, it broke into a, an up and down uh, kind of a horse race out there. Good chances for both clubs. Only the one goal scored that period off of a turnover. The goal scored by Connor Wilson. Second period, they'll settle more into what I think we've you know, become accustomed to when these two teams play. Not a lot in the way of scoring chances. More like a chess match. And uh, third period, if it shapes up that way, you know, there's not going to be a lot of scoring chances left in this game. Yeah, no, I mean, we're on pace for, what, like 50, trying to do the math here real quick, 57 combined shots. That's not a lot, uh, you know, and, and you know, all almost all of that was in the first period. So it, it, was, it was a really slow, well, it's interesting. It wasn't a slow second period. It felt like the second period went by pretty quick, not yeah. a lot of draws, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, just not a lot out there. Yeah, I mean, we may look back at it and say, you know, Merrimack, a lot of their chances, good chances in the first period. They weren't able to solve Christopher Hernberg. Lowell was able to finally get a good get a goal off of a turnover after Merrimack turned it over a number of times in that first period. Lowell had some other chances, too, that they could point to, open nets and so on, that they just missed. So uh, at a one nothing game right here, uh, I mean, it could well end this way, but I don't expect to see too many more goals scored in this game, if any. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, just, I don't know if you want to just say it's not a lot of finish out there or, or what's going on, but you know, uh, goal, both the goalies have made some pretty good saves when they when they've needed to, and, and you know, this really I guess feels like a one nothing game at the at the end of forty minutes is what it boils down to. Like that seems fair. The work you've been doing for Yahoo Sports, folks, you can check out his work there, Ryan Lambert. But uh, what are some of the uh, interesting things you've been looking at lately, maybe metrics and things like that? Uh, in college hockey, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I was at uh, the Lowell Merrimack game last week, and it seemed like I'm watching the game, and I'm like, wow, it seems like uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff Lowell's doing out there. Uh, is, is running through the defense like more than more than usual uh, in terms of like producing goals and things like that. And so I looked it up, and they're they are in fact one of the teams that get you know the larger percentages of their points from defensemen. And I said, oh, I wonder if that is a good or a bad thing or what. Uh, so I looked at the numbers for the last six years, something like that, and uh, totally random. I, I was amazed, like you would have thought. If your if your offense isn't scoring a ton of goals for you, or, some, or you know the lion's share of your goals for you, you would think that would be a problem. Not really. Uh, a few years ago, when Providence was like a one seed, they led the country in uh, percentage of their points coming from the blue line, like more than thirty, so which is a lot. Uh, so yeah, that was just one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a little counterintuitive, but it's interesting. Yeah. 
the score here, one nothing Lowell at the end of uh, the end of the second period of play. And looking around the league, uh, other first round series, you've got some close series between UNH and Maine, uh, Vermont, and UMass as well. That game is tied two to two. Vermont needs to win to stay alive after UMass winning last night. I mean, I said. Uh, I don't think there's an awful lot to choose, at least between the teams that are uh, 6th through 11th in the league. Maybe you could even throw UConn into that mix, although UConn has gone into a a pretty good run here. But uh, uh, let me ask you this. You've seen an awful lot of Hockey East over the years and this year. Uh, It's been talked a lot about the league. The league is down. There's only two teams, really, that are in the national uh, picture. Pair-wise, other teams, really, everybody else has to win the tournament to get in. Um, But it also feels like, gee, you know, any of those teams that are at the bottom, I mean, it's been really a battle between, you know, whether you're 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, whatever it may be. You know, Merrimack ends up 10th in the league. They went out and beat Denver earlier this year, tied Minnesota Blue, things like that. So I guess my question to you is, is it parity and that parity ends up uh, you know, negatively affecting the league because you get so many other teams that are you know, not great, or is the league as a whole just down or, or a mixture? I, I think the league is definitely a bit down this year. Um, you know, going into the year, I probably would have said Northeastern and Providence are the two best teams in it, and they didn't win the regular season. Uh, Really, really, the the way you can best tell that the that the league's having a bit of a down year is everybody was just kind of not very good out of conference, right? And if you and if you can't win games out of conference, that's what gets you only two teams in the NCAA tournament or uh, you know the top fourteen in the pairwise or whatever. Um, you know, it, you you want to talk about it like Lowell lost games to Arizona State, St. Lawrence. Um, there was another. Oh, uh, they lost to Bentley in overtime here, and BC finished first in the regular season. Didn't, 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 didn't win a single game out of league. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that they don't only hurt you, generally speaking, right? Like you know, you don't want to lose the hockey games, obviously, but they also hurt the entire league uh, in the pairwise comparisons and things like that. Um, I don't think it's the case anymore, but. Those those three low losses, like to re, to really like bottom of the barrel in the country teams, uh, dropped them at what had them dropped at one point from like if they had won those games they would have been like twelfth in the pairwise, but instead they were like twenty fourth or something like that, and, and it just goes to show you know uh, the the things that. Uh, you know the NCHC does, for example, where they very rarely play road out of conference games, and when they do, they're almost always against pretty bad teams. Um, you know, Denver came out here and played BC and BU earlier this year. They looked great in both those games, um, but th- those were more the exception than the rule. You know, a couple of them played Notre Dame, a couple of them played Minnesota. You know, you expect those kind of big event. Uh, marquee matchups among national, like traditional national powers, but for the most part, they're out there, you know, scheduling Princeton and, and Bowling Green, and not necessarily, you know, the the traditional big big clubs in, in the national picture. Right. So you're saying, you know, Denver's games at BC and BU, for example, more like the outliers. There weren't that many 100%, of those percent. Yeah. Do you think that it's a concerted effort by the conference as a whole? Oh, I've been told that it is. Yeah, and and it makes sense. You know, um, you schedule the teams you're going to beat, or if you don't, you know, you schedule them at home so you at least get last change and you get a better chance of winning. You know, it's harder to harder to lose at home than it is on the road. So, well, one thing I've said is that it's always better to win than to lose. Doesn't matter who well, you're sure. playing. Sure, yeah, and 
And so, you know, there, there's the great debate of, like, do we play, do we try to book a bunch of an NCHC teams and get the strength of schedule up, or do you just book a bunch of Atlantic hockey teams, beat them all, you know, in theory, right. and, and, and try to get your strength of schedule up by just everybody beats the bad teams, which is what the NCHC does, and they have, what, like, four teams in the top 14 right now, five out of eight teams in the conference, it's, it's a, it's an effective strategy that is easier for them because they have so few people. Well, the other thing you have to look at too, I think, with the with Atlanta hockey. And I'm not sure how many of the NCHC games were against Atlanta hockey, but Atlanta hockey's winning more of those games too. Those uh, those non-league games, at least against you know the ECAC and Hockey East. Well, to be fair, the ECAC and Hockey East aren't the NCHC. Uh, the, certainly not this year. But you know, on the balance, if if Hockey's played nothing but out of conference games against. Atlantic hockey teams, they'd win 65% of them, 60% of them, something like that. Whereas if you if you start mixing in your NCHC teams and your higher end Big Ten teams and things like that, uh, you're you're getting a little closer to 500. Yeah, I mean the one thing I would say, I certainly think the NCHC their what their success has come from being more consistent. I mean, you know, we watched, uh, we you know saw small sample size. I know Merrimack out at Denver and Colorado College and two games at Minnesota Duluth, and we thought. Well, you know, there really wasn't a lot to choose from these teams in those games that we saw out there. I realize small sample size, but still, you know, regardless, it's the case that you look at Merrimack's got 10 wins and Denver's got however many they've got. Denver's certainly been, you know, a lot more consistent of a team, and, and maybe that's been the case for most of the NCHC teams. Sure. I mean, again, they're they're just good teams. Like, the reason they're all in that league together is they said, we only want to play good teams in conference, because then it gets all of your strength of schedule up. Like, if you're only playing the same eight teams over and over again, and they all go 600 out of conference, the, you're, you know, by definition, the conference goes 500 against itself. So, as long as, wherever you're getting the wins, you know, I, I think it's just a good strategy to, you know, give yourself a bit of an easier run and, and get more teams in the tournament. All right, Ryan, thanks a lot. Good stuff. We appreciate it. Folks, check out his work, Ryan Lambert at Yahoo Sports. And uh, were you, anything interesting coming out of this series? Do you any, know what you're going to write about here? Uh, not yet, no. All right, <laughs> Sorry. All right, no problem. Check out his work, folks, at Yahoo Sports. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, that's Ryan Lambert, our guest here. The score after two is UMass Lowell 1, Merrimack nothing. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hawk.